Welcome to Get a Load of This. This is your host, Elizabeth Scholes, and today we're joined by Raquel Rivas, a dispatching supervisor with Vulcan Materials Company. We love Raquel's energy and her enthusiasm for the industry that she's committed the last 20 years to. The industry has come quite a long way in the course of Raquel's career, and we talked today about some of the ways technology has impacted the dispatch office and how it's changed the way her team operates. Without further delay, let's jump right into our conversation. So we are here with Raquel. She is a supervisor, a dispatcher, and uh, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our audience, you know, your name, what you do, um, so that we can go ahead and get started. Yeah, um, so Raquel Rivas, I am the logistics supervisor for the Phoenix area for Vulcan Materials. Um, I oversee all the scheduling and uh, the trucking of, um, uh, for the Phoenix market. Awesome. It's great to have you on today. We're so excited to have you as a guest on Get a Load of This. Um, how long have you been in the construction industry? So I've been since, actually, I was still in high school. I was a senior in high school. I hadn't even graduated until 20 years. Um, actually, a little bit over two years. So I started, I didn't start in this company, but I started in the construction um, how I got started, my father um, was in the business and a lot of family members that I had were in the business. So uh, my father recommended me and I was instantly hired. Um, so yeah, so I started as a scale clerk, as a dispatcher. Nice. Um, well, it sounds like you've got a wealth of experience and you're not the first person I've talked with that has <laughs> gotten into the industry because of a family influence. Um, in terms of your progression from going from working in the scale house to now being more on the dispatch and logistics side of things, how did that progression happen for you? Was that something that was natural or did you sort of get introduced to different parts of the business and really find you know, a calling to be in one area versus another? Yeah, so I was in, in the scale house when I started. It was only for a couple of years, and then I moved into another department, which was the building side of it. Completely different working at a corporate office than working from the, the plant. I definitely did miss it. Um, not to say, you know, that working at the office was not going well for me. It was. It's just a very different environment. And then shortly after, I was at that company for four years, and then there was an opportunity that came with Vulcan. Uh, I was a POA for 10 years, so a plant office administrator. So I went back to working from the plant, but as a as a POA. And then after 10 years, I decided um, that it was time to change, and I wanted to do something more customer service oriented. And I went into, um, I, I was hired for an inside sales role. So in that inside sales role, I was starting to communicate with customers a lot more, but I was still, um, a lot of my workloads, came from the dispatcher, the, the dispatcher team. So I had to put a lot of orders in for them. And um, they were trying to change our roles. They were trying to get me more to be uh, more of a sales rep than the support for dispatch. And um, it kind of, you know, I, I <laughs> sometimes I tend to uh, say a little too much. And, <laughs> and I kind of gave them my thoughts and how I didn't agree. And some people, you know, I will say that I, I tend to push back a little bit, and I do. Um, so anyways, I, I was pushing back in the changes that they were trying to do. And so they said, well, you know what? Um, how about we get your, your, your um, how about we put you in dispatch and you tell us if you think 
they're going to be fine to take on over some of the duties that you're doing so that you can focus on, on sales. Well, after being there for about a month, they decided they were going to keep me in there for <laughs> permanently. <laughs> so it kind of backfired on me, which was not bad. I, I enjoyed working with the team. Originally, I was working you know, with the sales team, but still kind of did my own thing. And then now I was in a dispatch setting where uh, there was about six individuals in there and there was some chaos. Definitely um, when I when I went into that group, so they wanted some change to happen in that team. So I became a lead. Uh, shortly after, I was given the opportunity to go back into inside sales or to stay um, in the dispatch team and become a supervisor. So I decided to to go with the supervisor role. And it was definitely one of the hardest things I've done managing people. I was always used to doing things, you know, you kind of get your job done, you do a good job. and and um, and that's it. But now I was in charge of a group of people that had to do their roles well. And I had to do, you know, I had to kind of explain when anything kind of went wrong. But it was still something that I felt a calling for. A passion. I had a passion for people at that point. I just thought it was really difficult. But I, I had a passion for the group that I was working with. And I, and I saw that I could definitely make a difference in some of, like, things, maybe some things that I can just coach them through. Um, so I decided to stay in the dispatch team. Well, I'm, so, they're lucky you know, to have 20 you. 20 years later, here I am. <laughs> right. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, when you first started, you mentioned that there were like, there were some changes and there were some things that needed to happen from day one to now, since you started in the dispatch function, how have things changed both with the team and maybe even some of the tools and technology that you leverage to try to get the job done or communicate better? So in our, um, some of the things that have changed, you know, even back from when I started 20 years ago, the orders, everything was manual, not necessarily manual, but like when the orders came into central dispatch, they were put onto an Excel spreadsheet or just some kind of piece of paper, right? An order form. And those order forms were faxed to the plant or the hot plant operators. And that's how they knew um, what job they were going to be ticketing trucks that were going to be coming into the yard. So that's, you know, I went into dispatch about, uh, I think it was like six, about six, seven years ago. And from when I started 20 years ago, it hadn't changed at all. They were still writing it down on a piece of paper, an Excel spreadsheet, faxing it or putting it on like a drive folder for the plant operators or the plant field clerks to print out those orders. So that hadn't changed at all. I was really shocked um, how technology had not come into dispatch um so when when i went into dispatch we had just recently acquired a company um not necessarily acquired but there was some we took over the hot plants and then obviously they took over some of um ready mix plants that we had in another state so when we acquired that company they used the same program we had and it's apex, apex um is the name of that program so the company that we um, took over the plants, they were using um, Apex schedule. They were actually, anytime a customer called and placed their orders, they were putting it in the system so that all uh, the hot plant operators, all the managers, whoever had access to the dispatch schedule, everybody can view those orders. So when uh, the first day that we, you know, we, I guess merged, uh, we decided to put that um, into effect for our team as well. We, we, at that point, I believe we only had about five plants we had five plants and we were acquiring about five more. So it was a time for change, definitely. And and there was a lot of pushback because 
people don't like change. People are, you know, whether they're afraid of technology. I, I was one of them. <laughs> when Chuck came in two years ago, oh yeah, when Chuck came in and Sean can tell you, <laughs> Chuck came in two years ago, it's just, it kind of makes you uncomfortable. It kind of makes you, you know, you don't know what, what change is coming. And so I think um, that definitely is what made um, a lot of people in the group uncomfortable. And, and I was there more to kind of help them to kind of move forward and try to coach them through it. It took a lot. There was a lot of pushback because they were still, like I said, they were they were putting all these orders. And for the Phoenix Valley at this point, we had about 10 different plants and all the orders that were coming in, I would say there was roughly about maybe anywhere from 60 to 100 pages worth of orders. And they were scattering them on the, on a desk. Yeah. And that's how they did such. And so um <laughs> there's a lot of things that had to that took place to to we got rid of that desk <laughs> and we got <laughs> we had to lock the file folders on the drive. Oh my god. All the half plan operators. Yeah, we had it, it took a big change. Um and it made a lot of people uncomfortable. So yeah, it was so- definitely a leap of faith. Uh-huh. <laughs> now that like, you know, you, you've definitely incorporated some technology into the dispatch office. It's been a little while that you've been doing that now between, you know, the different platforms that you leverage those people, those same people that were maybe nervous or afraid or whatever the word is. Do you feel like their position has changed now? Like those people that were always gravitating towards, let's print it out. Let's get it manual. Like are some of them now feeling much more comfortable using technology or do you think there's still an element of some people that are like, you know, really latching on to the traditional kind of pen and paper? We still have some people that use the pen and paper. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, um, and I think it's, it's like one of those things that it makes people comfortable. I'm actually training an individual today and I took him out to a few of our plants yesterday and some operators um, are using pen and paper to write, you know, truck ID down, the truck IDs and then the job that they're associated with. And they've been through training. So sometimes it kind of just shocks me why they still do that. Um, but this individual that I'm training, I, he was like, well, I'm a pen and paper kind of person. I'm like, well, <laughs> let's give technology a try first. <laughs> and then maybe, maybe you'll use the pen and paper. And so just kind of trying to kind of persuade them and, and show them the advantages. I think sometimes people get frustrated and if, you know, technology does have hiccups here and there. So if, if you know, at one point it furls on them, they kind of go back to their old ways. And so this individual, I've been showing them, it's only been a few hours that I've been training them, but I've been showing them, if you, you know, if you put everything properly in the system, the system you plug in that truck ID, it's going to show you it's going to automatically populate. You don't have to write anything down. Writing things down, does it work? Yes. But when it's chaotic and you just got to keep going really fast, writing things down is not going to make your job easier. Sometimes it makes it a little bit more complicated. And so if you use technology to the fullest of what it could be used, I'm like, you'll go a lot faster and things will go a lot smoother and you'll be a lot less stressed. So he's like, I think you're right. I think it's, you know, so... I just got to make my way back to those individuals that have gone back to the paper, um, right. pen and paper. 
Yeah, no. And your, your point about training is great too. I think one of the things that people get so used to, especially in the construction industry is on the job training, there's safety trainings, there's compliance trainings. But when you think about technology, that ongoing training element is not always there. So the fact that you're thinking about going back to certain people and kind of introducing that to them again and reiterating, you know, why did we bring this on? What are we leveraging the technology for? How can it help you? I think that's one thing that, you know, I could certainly see being beneficial for the industry kind of going forward is building that culture around ongoing training in every facet of the job, not just certain areas on the job site. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, and since, you know, even with our team, we have to continuously just kind of to refresh us, even with technology that not necessarily trucks, but other like the Apex um, program. Think again, technology can have some bugs. Can <laughs> but if you don't address them, they're not go- they're not going to get fixed. And sometimes I think that that's what happens, and people get frustrated and they just go back to their old ways. But I think if if people address those issues, it's not working. How do we improve? And they talk and they're communicating with you know with their managers or supervisors or. Um, simply the the support group that they have for that software. I think if things can get fixed and people can address those issues, um, I think people can definitely move forward and they can definitely see the advantages of using technology. So one of the the guys in our group that pushed back the hardest, he definitely, he's one of the ones that uses it, you know, to the fullest of what the technology does now. So and I'll bet you he part of that is, mind, huh? I'll bet you part of that is because he asked the questions, you know, he, he probably was one of those people that was most involved in saying like, well, how do I, how am I going to be able to do this? Or how am I going to be able to do that? And once he actually got the education about how it could help him, now he's one of the people that's using it the most. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so in day one, you're talking manual processes, pen and paper, the kind of traditional model. Now you've got technology in place. You've got some people that are really on board with it. Some people that maybe continue need to, you know, get some reinforcement and some, some training going on in like another 10 years. What do you think the picture is going to look like? Like if you could like wave a magic wand and be like, all right, what does 10 years from now look like in a dispatch office? What does that look like? <laughs> you know, I- I don't, that's, I think that's a hard, I, I think we've, I don't know, I guess because we've come such a long way from just, you know, where we were at 20 years ago and just in the last couple of years, we have advanced so much. I don't know, I think, um, I always tell my group, I think you guys can do a lot more. It's just, you guys should not have to do a lot of data entry. You should have, you should be able to monitor all the jobs, you know, make sure that the progress of the job, are we servicing the customer properly, talking to the customer, communicating instead of they're so busy still doing some things that are manual. Um, and I think, where do I see ourselves 10 years from now? I think, you know, kind of your, I like to say, like, they'll be on cruise control, just managing, making sure everything's running properly. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll, I guess we'll, we'll wait see. and see. <laughs> no, but I think that's a great point. And it's interesting that you say that too, because, you know, you mentioned that getting more involved in the customer service side of things was even one of the reasons that you started to look to get into this type of a role and being able to 
cut out some of that data entry and the manual components of the job, maybe that will be one of those things that helps allow the team to get back to that as a whole. Um, you know, really focusing on that excellence, focusing on getting the customer what they need and being able to be present there versus typing in numbers and cross-referencing things and doing double work in technology and then doing it on paper too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when you first started in the industry versus today, um, you know, do you feel like there have been more women that have started to kind of come into the industry or come into your specific role? Um, so I think in the, in the industry, I think there have been changes and I think we're, we're moving towards that direction to continue to have more diverse in the workforce, whether that's, you know, gender, um, ethnicity, just job role, you know, hiring people with different different um, backgrounds. I think, at least in our industry, and sometimes what I see when I go out to the job sites, I have seen um, some improvement. I don't think we're, um, we're where we should be at right now. I think as far as like in um, dispatch, dispatch positions, I've always seen female and male kind of um, an equal amount of both, of both genders. I mean, I think it's still the same way. Um, as far as like management roles, I still feel like there's a lot more male. It's still a, a large portion are, are male where in the past it's always been a male dominated kind of type of role. But I, I will tell you that in our, um, for our company, we actually have, I think now we only have one VP that's a female, but just a couple of months ago, we had two VPs that were, they, sorry, I think I said male, but we had um, two VPs that were females. I've never seen that ever in the industry. So I think we're definitely moving towards the right direction. And I think the company and the industry is trying to make some changes. I don't, I think um, we still have a lot of, I think some time and room to grow in that area. Yeah, absolutely. I think honestly, probably every industry does <laughs> um, construction or otherwise, but it's, it's great that you're seeing that, you know, at various levels of the company, that, you know, your role has been kind of split equally across the board since you started and you've been in the industry for a while. So that's awesome to hear. And knowing that there are more and more positions that are available um, for people is, is great. When you think about hiring and you're thinking about people in your dispatch um, office, what are the qualities that you're looking for? Like, what do you really think makes a great dispatcher? Well, I'm always looking for someone who has... Um who's customer service oriented, not necessarily looking for someone who's been in the industry, just, you know, someone who is, um, like I said, customer service oriented, who is patient, can multitask, um, can be analytical, and definitely a team player. That's awesome. I think, you know, there's so much more that goes into dispatching than people realize sometimes. And all of those qualities, like, gives you a nice even keel. Like it's a hectic place to be. And if you can stay even keeled through all of that, you're probably going to be successful. Um, for people that are, you know, interested in, in getting started in the industry and are thinking about it, what would you tell them um, when it comes to like getting started? You've, you've been in multiple roles. Like, what do you think the best avenue to get to get started is? You said you're not necessarily looking for people that even maybe have construction experience at the dispatch level. Do you think that's a good entry point into the industry or would you recommend people kind of get a little bit more exposure um, in some other areas and, and try things out to see where that where they fit in? I think 
dispatch is definitely um, a good entry uh, to the industry. I some people I think view dispatch as well. I'm I'm starting from you know the I'm starting from the bottom, and and I wouldn't necessarily say that. I would I've actually um, there's a lot of growth within I think the logistics team. I mean. You know, again, I started 20, 20 years ago in dispatch, and here I am again. I, I never would have told you I was going to end up back in dispatch. <laughs> I love it. I, I love because I, you know, we we interact so much with the operations team, with quality control, with sales, and and the customer. I personally like this role versus the sales. I think the sales team has a. Um, I think it takes a lot to fill the shoes of a salesperson. Um. And, you know, they have to answer when things don't go right. Dispatch, you're kind of in between. You're in limbo. (laughs) (laughs) But you do get a ton of exposure to a bunch of different departments and a ton of different areas of the business. So, yeah, I think that's that's great feedback. Um, I know we only have a few minutes left, but I did. We have a couple questions that we've been asking on all of our, our podcast episodes, and I'd love to run through those quickly with you. It's more of a rapid fire round. Um, but, um, in terms of, um, influence and mentorship for you in the industry, has there been somebody, um, that over the 20 years you've been in the industry has been a mentor to you and helped you throughout your career? Um, not necessarily. I've, um, I think I've had some great, great, uh, managers, um, that were, that had really great leadership skills. And I, you know, I tried to 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 learn from from all of them that that were just they did really good they communicated well um, and I'm not gonna say they were perfect because nobody's perfect but I try to um, get get a lot of the good qualities and just learn from their experiences but I've I've been um, I've had the opportunity to go back to school and I completed my bachelor's a year and a half ago and I'm currently right now. Um, trying to get my master's in leadership. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's hard. (laughs) It's a lot of work, but that, that has helped me so much in my career. I think without that, I wouldn't be where where I'm at right now. Absolutely. That makes complete sense to me. Good, good for you. Doing that while working is no easy task. Um, that brings us to our next question. What keeps you in the construction industry? What is it about the construction industry that keeps you sticking around all this time? Um, I think the challenges, the um, the adrenaline, for sure. <laughs> it, it's it's every day is something different. You really, it's the same. You know, you have the same customers, same product that you're selling, but every day is something different that you're dealing with. A different um, fire that you're having to put out, a different challenge that has just presented itself. So, I think that that's what keeps me keeps me in this industry. And and I heard this um, not too long ago, or actually I read it in a book that said. Um, people in the construction industry, it takes a different type of personality because it is, it's a really fast paced kind of job and not everybody can do it. It's not that they can't do it. I don't think that everybody likes that, enjoys that atmosphere or that kind of environment. And I truly do. Absolutely. I think that's a great answer. Um, What piece of technology could you not live without now that you have it? My phone. (laughs) (laughs) 
totally fair. I think we would all be lost without it. Awesome. Well, it's really been a pleasure talking with you. I appreciate you hopping on the call with us. Um, we look forward to hearing all the great things coming out of your dispatch office in the future. And uh, in 10 years, if you're still in the industry and I'm still in the industry, I will be pinging you to see just how different things are in, in ways we am sure could not even imagine today. Sounds like a plan. Thank you. Awesome. We're so glad Raquel was able to chat with us today. From her experience as a scale clerk to a POA to sales and then dispatch, she really has seen it all. Technology has had some significant impacts on the way the dispatch office functions, allowing dispatchers to place more emphasis on customer service, allowing them to take time to plan ahead, and even moving away from many of the manual processes that they've been tied to for so long. That translates to some huge time savings, but it also makes a huge impact on communication between different departments. And as we know from Raquel, the dispatch office really is connected to so many other areas of the business. Sure, there may be some initial growing pains when introducing technology, but what we've learned today is that sometimes the people with the most questions and the most concerns initially may actually turn out to be some of the biggest internal advocates and people that kind of help lead the charge when it comes to changing the process and adopting technology within your organization. If you're interested in starting to think about the way technology could play out for your business, look to your team, talk with them, figure out some of the questions that people have ahead of time and see if that's something you can build right into the process as you explore technology to bring into your organization. If you liked this episode, please be sure to leave us a review and subscribe so you're notified when new episodes are released. We will be releasing a new episode next week, so be sure to stay tuned for that. And uh, that's it for me, your host, Elizabeth, signing off. Until next week.